The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. Power blackouts, they happen every year. But guess what, blackouts? You've met your match. Goal Zero is the leader in affordable generators and home backup systems. They offer a simple, easy solution for when power blackouts hit so you can keep your home up and running using clean energy. Their systems power critical circuits in your home, which are terrible if they go out like your freezer, lights, Wi-Fi, TV, and more with clean power. No fuel, no fumes, no noise, no maintenance, unlike gas generators. Not to mention, Goal Zero is portable, so you can take your power on the go as needed for camping, tailgating, and more. And they offer a range of products and affordable price points to meet your needs. From power stations that can provide a half day's worth of power to solar generators and home backup systems that you can power for one, two, or three days. You can easily monitor and manage your power right from your phone with the Goal Zero app. And they offer best-in-class service with a U.S.-based service team that provides the highest level of technical and customer support. So make sure your power stays on with Goal Zero. Learn more at GoalZero.com. Check out their affordable power stations, solar generators, and home backup systems today. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Dishing with Digest. I'm Stephanie Sloan, Editorial Director, here with Mara Levinsky, Senior Editor. Hi, everyone. Well, Mara, today we'll be talking to Lindsay Godfrey, who just made her day's debut as Sarah Horton. I have to say, I love the idea of bringing this character back. I mean, sure, she should be older than Lindsay is, but the character is connected to a core family and is a pretty blank slate. So it's been 27 years since we've seen her. Um, And there isn't a lot of backstory now to bog down the writers. She came back with Rex, but is also going to be involved with Eric. And I think there's a lot we're going to see with her. She's a doctor, so she'll be played, I imagine, with Kayla as well. Um, So it's also a good thing to bring Maggie back into the fold with a child. I mean, let's be serious. Summer (laughs) was a total bust and Daniel died. So Maggie's been a bit rudderless of late. Somehow I I felt like I knew where you were going with that. Um, You know, I I love bringing back family members. Look how much great story GH has gotten this year out of bringing Mike Corbin, Sonny's dad, back to Port Charles. And frankly, that's something that I didn't know would work because Ron Hill had been so beloved in the role. Um, I'm for sure more apt to get on board with an established child coming back rather than a surprise one. Even if it is the offspring of a core character, like Griffin being Duke's son on GH is an example, and that connected him to Anna, but didn't really yield any story beyond that. And there has been a lot of story generated by giving Anna a son this year, but the fact that Peter is her son with Faison, which is a major rewrite of history, ruffled a lot of fans' feathers. And in general, I think it's a device that should be used sparingly, but it like does seem to be pretty irresistible to soap writers from... Mm-hmm. 
you know, B&B's Bill getting two grown sons he didn't know about in Liam and Wyatt to uh, Mariah on Y&R being the surprise daughter of Sharon. And then on Days, Trip is Steve's son, uh, surprise son, rather. Lonnie is Abe's surprise daughter. Stefan is Stefano's surprise son. Paul is John's surprise son. <laughs> and of course, the current canvas at GH, where in addition to Griffin and Peter within the same time frame of just a few years, we've seen the introductions of Lulu's surprise daughter, Charlotte, Drew's surprise son, Oscar, and uh, more recently, Nina's surprise daughter, Sasha, not to mention, you know, like Franco turning out to be Scott and Heather's son and so on. I guess I'm, I'm just questioning how how fresh it feels as a quote unquote plot twist in 2018. Well, the funny thing of all the names you mentioned, I am obviously so much cooler with a surprise son of a man. Of course, a surprise yes, son yes. of a woman. I always think that is the one that's a little harder to swallow. For sure. But I'm also more okay with bringing on surprise family members than I am bringing on entirely new families. Mm. In fact, this may sound radical, but I think <laughs> soaps should have a no new families policy. Yes, I get the whole principle of shows have to build for the future by introducing new characters, but with who is actually watching, there should be a limit to how much of that should be done. And to bring on a whole cluster of new characters in one fell swoop by establishing a new family totally goes against that. Shows should be writing for the people currently watching. That is the core audience rather than for the people like they may hope to get someday. Mm -hmm. To me, the idea that someone has a day off or is homesick like my sister just was and tunes back <laughs> in for the day should see familiar faces because that's how you could actually get viewers sucked back in. I totally agree. And I also think there's a limit to how many strangers viewers of a show want to get to know at one time. And the more new faces, the less screen time there is for the people that I already know and I'm already invested in. I mean, look at Daisy's Hernandez family. So they started with Rafe. Then they brought on Ariana, who didn't work out and was promptly killed off. Mm -hmm. Then there was Gabby, who left for a period of time before they figured out what to really do with Camila Banis over the past couple of years. Then you had two Darios who didn't work out. Plus, then they brought on A. Martinez, who I love, as Eduardo. And then they introduced, like, the mom, who right. was always sort of off camera. And both of those characters were written out. And I'm making an example of them to show that it was fine to have Rafe. And sure, let's also bring on Gabby, but it should have stopped there. Like, to your point, today's viewers are not looking for full new families, especially when most already feel that their favorites are overlooked and underused. Absolutely. And I think appending to newish characters is never the way to go. You know, I see a lot of comments from General Hospital fans who would love to see a Sarah Weber or Jeff Weber back on the show. Mm -hmm. uh, that's Liz's uh, sister and father. And even though two actresses previously played Sarah without making like an enormous impact, every time a newer character gets a sibling or gets a parent, it's kind of like salt in the wounds for those Liz fans who are like still waiting for that kind of attention and you know, to be lavished on Liz. And even, you know, when Lindsay Godfrey uh, began her soap career on B&B as Caroline, Caroline was connected to a core family as the daughter of Karen and the niece of the original Caroline. And I don't remember any pushback there from fans. Me neither. And, you know, B&B is really a show that revolves around the Foresters and the Spencers. And now, you know, you look at they tried to bring the Spectres back as, in, as part of this big reboot with the anniversary and it kind of felt like the canvas maybe got a little crowded and that story was ultimately wrapped. 
And, you know, we're actually going to see Shirley back for Sally and Steffi's fashion show, which is coming up, which I'm happy about. I mean, I liked the Spectres. I thought it was really fun. And I'm also happy the show found a way to reincorporate Courtney Hope because I feel she was a real find as Sally. But that is a perfect example of Brad Bell recognizing who his viewers want to see and reshifting the focus to them. Something I wish we could see more of on some other shows. I hear ya. <laughs> um, well, speaking of Lindsay, she is now at Days, so let's get her on the phone to talk about her life in Salem. Hi, Lindsay. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? Good. So you're here with Stephanie and with Mara Levinsky. Hi, how are ya? Good, how are you? Very well. Well, we thought this was the perfect time to talk to you as you just made your Days debut. In real, in, yes, in, in screen time, in at sc- least. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> um, so let's go back a bit and tell us how the job came about. Um, you know, it came about just like a normal audition. I got an email from my agents and went and uh, met with Marnie, the casting director. And then I was lucky enough to continue on through the next few steps and uh, tested for it. And uh, actually, I had to come back and do a second test. And then I found out that I, I got the part, which was very exciting. Yes, of course. Now, you told us in the magazine there were a lot of familiar faces in the audition. There were. Yeah. It was like the best audition ever because it was all people, like all women that I had worked with before and who who I loved. Like I, lo- I loved working with them when I got the opportunity to work with them and I loved seeing them whenever I run into them. And so it was like literally the most loving audition I think that any of us I ha- had everybody was like oh my god you look beautiful you should wear red more often and your hair looks great and, <laughs> you know and for the second test it was um me and Alicia Lee Williams and we just sat there I think we held hands and like as we were talking we were holding hands sitting on a couch together right in the waiting room and I was like you look beautiful in that you should wear that more often like that's so, so it was just really really sweet that's not how I've been pictured the uh, cutthroat, you know, casting world of, of Los Angeles. Yeah. You know, what's so funny is that, like, as soon as I hit, like, 30, um, my audition rooms became very different. They became, like, really supportive and, like, really, really, like, lovely. Like, I leave auditions now being like, well, that was just a lovely experience. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. That's probably a nice change. Yeah, it's really nice. But it was just, you couldn't ask for anything better. Like, Who did you test with or work with in your audition scenes? I tested with uh, Greg Vaughn. I did a second test with Kyle Louder. Oh, mm-hmm. well, and the two men you'll be working with. Yes. Um, so at the time, were you looking to get back into daytime? Yeah. You know, I I always respect this genre, and I think it's um, I think it's really wonderful and, and such a challenge as far as um, acting-wise because we move at such a quick pace, and um, it's also such a wonderful job because we film here and we don't film like these really long, crazy hours of being a single parent. It's kind of the ideal job. Um, and I, and I, so I, I love the genre and I love the opportunity that I get to have being a part of it. So when, uh, the day's audition came up, I was super excited and already I was ready to go. Obviously you've been at B&B, you have some familiarity with, you know, life on a soap set. How was days if different, if at all, from the set you were used to? Um, man, it was kind of the same and, and, uh, in the fact that like, you know, you walk into this set where these, some of these people have been here for 40 years and, and that feels intimidating to walk here where you're like, man, I'm really walking into somebody else's home. But it was similar with B&B where it was just, there's 
nothing of what you think it's going to be. It's everybody's so lovely and everybody's so welcoming and kind and they're excited for you to be there and they want to get to know you and they make you feel very welcomed and um, they get excited to play with someone new. So it was really wonderful. It was very similar to my experience at B&B in that way and different just because it's an hour instead of a half hour. So there's a lot more to uh there's a lot more to it than yeah. before sure <laughs> but it was it was wonderful and it was very yeah it was i was pleasantly surprised as i was when i started at um bold as well um now who did you know at the set when you got there um i had known i know nadia for a while and um kyle and i knew of each other and because we were ships in the night and we were both on Bold and Beautiful. Right. Rick and, and Caroline met, together again. Yeah, Rick and Caroline. <laughs> um, and there were a handful of people like I knew Chandler Massey. We had known each other since we were kids. And uh, Freddie Smith I knew. Kind of same thing. We ran into the same groups when we were kids. And um, Wait, 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 wait. When you say kids, do we mean like I mean, under 30 or do we mean like <laughs> under 10? <laughs> kids, I mean like uh, I think I was probably – 20 or 19 and he probably was like 18 or 19. Okay. Got it. I, I mean, like I was teenagers. picturing some like schoolyard uh, situation. No, <laughs> like, yeah, like young Hollywood kids in the same groups. And stuff like that. <laughs> so and I knew a lot of, like I knew of a lot of people and um, just running in the same groups where you, you kind of see people, but those are, I think those are the only people that I knew personally. And so what were your first few days like? Like who showed you around? Who told you were, you know, to go to lunch? Uh, Greg Vaughn took me under his wing for the first, I think, week or two. I was a, kind of like a puppy. I turned into a puppy around uh, Greg and uh, <laughs> he just kind of like walked me <laughs> by hand everywhere I needed to go. Oh, very gentleman. <laughs> yes, he was very, he was such a gentleman and he was, and, and Kyle too. Kyle was very willing to help and Suzanne always uh, would answer any questions I had, but I, I did feel like I had an advantage this time where it wasn't the first time I had been on this genre. I understood how, um, you know, we call things different than we do on primetime, like a call sheet on soaps is called a rundown, scenes are called items, so things like that. I didn't have, I already knew those things, whereas when I started on Bold, I was like, what are we talking about? <laughs> So when you first heard them call, you know, your item with Sarah, you know, how did that feel? Um, it was super exciting. I was really nervous. Um, I was really, really nervous, but not at the same time because when I walked into the makeup room that morning, um, Suzanne was already there and I walked up and I called her mom and she called me baby and gave me a big hug and a big old smoosh on the cheek. And so I felt ready. I was just excited. And it was just really easy. My first day was that first episode where all I say is, hi, mom. <laughs> right. An easy first day, easy win. So my first day was like, I was here for five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so you have been working there for obviously longer six months yeah. than, than we've uh, seen you air. And in that time, like who are the friends that you've made? Who have you bonded with? Oh man, I think I forced everyone to bond with me whenever they're <laughs> sitting next to me. Um, I, want, I want to know everything about everybody. No one of you ever is this friend. Um, I've taken uh, Victoria. I've taken her boxing and I've gotten close. We, we, we all talk baby shop over here. Anybody who has a baby. Um, so Nadia and I caught up on our babies and, um, you know, just everybody, a little bit of everybody, Camilla and I bond over both being from Florida. <laughs> I brought Aleda in and that kind of, a lot of people just talk to me about Aleda a lot. Oh, did she have a good time? 
She did. She has a good time. She goes and plays with the um, our, our amazing girls in wardrobe. And uh, they like kind of set up like a fort under their desk for her. She's super happy there. <laughs> That's so cute. It's really cute. Um, so obviously Days has kind of a crazy shooting schedule in that you wait <laughs> six months to debut. So what was right. it like for you to just wait for your first episode? At first it was kind of like for the first month or two, you were like, man, this is going to take forever. And then eventually I just forgot about it. And I was here to do a job, which was to come here. And I completely forgot about the fact that eventually it will air. And so when it did air, I was like, oh, my God, that's right. It airs. I don't just come in and play. I didn't know there's a result. Because <laughs> it's so different than, you know, I imagine when you first debuted on Bold and Beautiful. Yeah, Bold and Beautiful is only about six weeks behind. So it was pretty, like, instant gratification. Cause you could also, like do a scene and you'd be like, all right, I can't wait to see how that's going to be in like a month and a half. Whereas like now we're filming stuff that I'm like, I'm going to forget that I even filmed this. <laughs> I'm going to forget all about these scenes. Um, well, you know, speaking of B&B as a viewer, you know, your departure really felt a little abrupt. Um, you know, what was it like for you to leave the show? Um, well, it wasn't necessarily my decision. Um, they had a, you know, run out of story for the character. And so I think the best option for them was to kind of write her off um, while they focused on other storylines that had a little more going. Um, so it was abrupt. It felt abrupt for me as well. Um, I really loved B&B and I really loved Caroline. And I, I loved, um, I love how they wrote her. I love the way that, you know, um, Brad and Michael Minnis and all the head writers, uh, they really found like a sweet spot with Caroline. Um so I was sad to go, but I totally understand how the business works. And um, I was, I told them I'd always be open to being there whenever they wanted me to, because she's just such a fun thing to play and uh, B&B always felt like home. So it, it felt that way for me as well, but it was something I understood that kind of, it's the nature of the beast. Um, anything stand out in particular when you look back at your B&B experience, like co-stars you worked with or storylines you really liked doing? I mean, I met some of my best friends in the whole entire world at B&B. You know, Kim, Kim Matula and I are still best friends. And Oh, we saw your um, Halloween photos. Yeah. <laughs> and Rena Sofer is still one of, my, is one of my best friends. And um, I love her. And I'm still very close with, you know, Ash Brewer and um, Torsten. Um, Torsten will always be one of my favorite people. Just He was so great to me. And. John McCook is the best person in the whole entire world. John McCook for president, I vote. <laughs> for him. Us too. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there's lots of things that stand out. I, I met Elita's dad working across the hall. I met my other best friend, Cameron Grimes, working across the hall. Um, so there's so many things. It was such a good period in my life for those for those five years um, that I, I only look back on it with just such uh, fondness and such love. Um, at any time, like I went back when I got to go back early this, this year in February and do those scenes, I was so excited just to go and play and see everybody and get to work with people like Annika, who I'd never gotten to work with before. And I just adore her. Um, so yeah, I mean, I haven't been back since they've made so many, uh, new hires, but I hear wonderful things and I think the fans are really happy with what they're doing over there. So that makes me happy. Mm -hmm. So Lindsay, you know, you have had obstacles to overcome in your own life that would rival any soap story. And the first would be <laughs> overcoming cancer at such a young yeah. age. Um, mm -hmm. You were so young when you were diagnosed. And what was that like for you? And how, as you look back on it now, would you say that it 
changed you or shaped you? Um, you know, when it, when it happened, it was definitely like earth shattering. Um, my family tends to be really good in crisis. We, we really go into crisis mode where we compartmentalize things and shut down things. So we can just get, you know, we looked at it like a, a hurdle race where it was like, you know, you just had to get over it. And sometimes you can jump over the hurdle and sometimes you kind of just <laughs> flop over it, mm-hmm. but you still get over it. Um, and so that was kind of what mode I went into. It wasn't until like years later that I looked back and I was like, oh my God, <laughs> that's terrifying. I almost died. Um, but I think in the end, I'm, I'm always grateful for, I know it sounds weird to say it, but I am grateful for that experience. And I'm grateful for having had that, especially being so young, because I think it really puts things into perspective. Um, a lot of times, especially like if I'm having a bad day or if things feel hard or too difficult, I'm like, God, you know, the alternative and things could always be so much worse and I could not be here anymore. And so I think in general, it just makes me just I am generally happy to be here. I'm just generally happy to still be around. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I think that that's kind of where it put me. Well, as if that wasn't enough, then in (laughs) 2015, uh, you were hit by a car while walking in Los Angeles. Um, We saw your recent post on Instagram that you were having the metal taken out of your ankle. Um, Yes. So for anyone who doesn't know what happened, you know, what can you tell us about the accident and your recovery now? Yeah, I mean, um, three and a half, um, three and a half years ago, I was just on the sidewalk and there was a car accident and one of the cars went across seven lanes of traffic and came up and over the sidewalk and kind of took out me in a bus bench and broke both my legs. I dislocated and broke both of my ankles and then my tib fib on my left leg, uh, which is your shin bones, uh, went, this girls went through my skin. So neither of my feet were facing in the right direction. Both were facing in directions that feet aren't supposed to face. Um, like toes where heels should be and heels where toes should be. Um, and yeah, so it was just another, it was another huge setback and it was hard. My daughter was only seven and a half months at the time. And, um, it was, you know, a difficult thing, but I, I was very fortunate to have, um, the support of my mom and Alita's dad. And we had this incredible, incredible nanny named Amanda Clark, who, became, we called her my lady sitter. So she would not only take care of my daughter, she would help take care of me. And, you know, and, uh, Brad Bell was incredible during that time. He helped with the nanny and they sent flowers and they, they sent, they, you know, they checked in constantly. Um, you know, uh, the other producers, Mark and Casey were always, con- you know, seeing when I was ready to come and, um, Ed and everybody was so incredible. Torsen, I think, Torsten and Kim damn near knocked the hospital door down to come in and make sure I was okay. And, you know, Torsten made sure I ate. Um, He force fed me some chicken soup, I think. (laughs) I was being depressed and pouty and didn't want to eat. I know. I mean, what a real terrible life. (laughs) And in reality, you know what it was? I got hit on purpose just so that Torsten would give me soup. <laughs> I understand. I've been plotting it for two years. <laughs> Carefully orchestrated scheme. It was a long, long plan. <laughs> That's so funny. It was a long con, um, uh, but it worked. Did you ever have any moments of why me? Are you that kind of person? Yeah, I, w- I think I went through that for a minute. My mom puts things, my mom shuts down shuts that down really quick anytime. Cause she's kind of like, doesn't matter. doesn't matter why you, it doesn't matter. You know, it sucks, but you, at the end of the day, your options are to do nothing or get back up and keep going. And you have a kid. So you have to keep, you have to get back up and keep going. 
Um, so they let me feel bad for myself for like a minute and then I had to get over it. Um, and then it was time to just get back to work and, um, get back to work, meaning like getting my physical therapy and, uh, getting and healing and taking the time to heal and then literally go back to work as soon as possible. (laughs) And amazingly, I recall you came to the Emmys that year. Yep. I walked, I had just, I had gotten my boots taken off. I think either three or five days before the Emmys. And I wanted to walk on the red carpet. I didn't want to walk or I didn't want to cane. I couldn't walk in heels, but I wanted to walk the red carpet. And so I did. Yeah. It's really remarkable. <laughs> yeah, I try. <laughs> <laughs> and so how are you today? Do Are you 100% recovered, would you say? Yeah, I'm doing good. I'm 100% recovered. I just, my, the, the metal bothers me. I think just because of the placement of it. I mean, it I call it my Franken leg for a reason. <laughs> kind of, it looks like somebody went in and like just kind of put, you know, screws in kind of willy nilly, like like in all different directions. And so they bother me. You know, that bothers me after a while if I stand on my feet for a long time. So it was just kind of the decision to take out the metal over Christmas hiatus was kind of the best option for me. And then what's going to happen? Like what kind of they take it out and then, then what? Then I'll be in a boot for like a week or two and then uh, I'm done. And then I just kind of slowly ease back into wearing heels and working out again. So that it's a pretty quick, easy process. It's kind of, you know, out for like a week or two and that's kind of it. It's pretty quick. Well, it's amazing. I mean, so many people would not be as, you know, together or even about talking about it as you yeah. are. Um, <laughs> you know, is this just, do you even marvel at how you handle it? Uh, no, I think because I, I think in my head, that's just the only way I know how to do it. So it's not like anything impressive to me. It's just the same. It's just, well, that's how I do it. Um, and I, I think our family, my, my family tends to get through trauma by laughing, um, and making jokes. So that's just kind of what, how I handle things is just to kind of laugh about it and make jokes about it. Cause it's, it's, I mean, it is a ridiculous life story. Um, <laughs> it's something like if you put it into a movie, people would be like, no, that's too ridiculous. No one will buy that. That's too much. Um, so I just kind of laugh at it and I think, well, it makes for a really good story. <laughs> yeah. It's like at least two chapters in your, you know, memoir that you'll write one day. Yes. That would be quite a story. <laughs> it already is quite a story. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, it is. Well, tell us about Aleda and what she is up to and what she is like when she's not, you know, playing in the makeup room or the cost of the wardrobe room. She's amazing, man. I got so lucky with that kid. Um, she's so great and she's in preschool and she's learning how to read and she can write her name and um, she's just so smart and she's really, really funny and she's making lots of friends and... um. You know, she just likes normal kid stuff. She loves to climb trees and go on bike rides and go swimming. And she loves doing art, which I love doing. Um, we joke, Her dad and I joke, like, dad's kind of like outside dad and mom's kind of craft mom. <laughs> and dad does not do crafts. Mom does outside, just depends on what kind of outside. <laughs> mom doesn't do camping. That's a dad thing. Oh, yeah. In our family. <laughs> Would you glamp? I guess. But it's kind of one of those things I'm like, why? I'm with you. <laughs> I, 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 I might be with dad. Yeah. I mean, I love it. I think sometimes I'm like, maybe I would if I was with, you know, if I was, maybe if I was with my boyfriend and 
stuff like that. But when I think about like taking all the kids to go camping, I'm like, oh my God, that sounds terrible. <laughs> I'm like way too much. <laughs> Um, well, speaking of your boyfriend, uh, Breck and Meyer, you have posted many photos together. Yes. Um, how did you two meet? Uh, man, <laughs> such a stupid way that we met. Uh, we actually met on the, uh, on the old internet. That's not stupid. Yeah, that's not stupid. How? <laughs> uh, there's like, it was just an app, like a, there's an app for people in our industry that were dating and we met that way and. Um, he was out of town filming in Toronto, so most of our communication was just on FaceTime for the first week that we got to know each other. We would sit on FaceTime for like four hours at a time. Wow. Um, and then, uh, so when we finally got to meet each other in person, we've known each other forever. And, uh, and that was kind of it. We, we, we met and that was it. We were done. <laughs> How long have you been together? Just under a year. You seem to do a lot of fun things together. You're... We do. We like, it's so funny because we weren't people who did a lot of fun things without each other. And then together we came, we became these people who go on adventures and do fun things. As long as it doesn't involve like sleeping outside. Except for sleeping outside. I don't think either of us, but we would do that. We would, like if we were doing it together, then yes, we would go and do it. Were you like a fan of his before you met him as an actor? Um, I always tell him all the time, I was like, I had the biggest crush on you when I was growing up. Like, I love, tra- I love Travis from Clueless and I loved him in Road Trip and all that kind of stuff. I had a big crush on him. So he thinks that that's really funny. Um, and I think it's really funny. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, he was adorable and we both had big crushes on each other. So he's the best. That's awesome. Yes. You took a fabulous trip. It looked like this summer, I believe it was. Oh my gosh. Yes, we went to Bora Bora. Yeah, how was that? That was incredible. It was incredible. I've never been on a vacation once in my life where I didn't want to come home. And I did not want to come home. And I'm like, Stephanie, what did you think she was going to say? It was terrible being in Bora Bora. It was the worst. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's only the coming home from Bora Bora that's hard. That's the worst part. Um, yeah, we had a blast. I mean, we, we did everything. We went swimming with sharks, we went snorkeling. We did these things called, um, turbo boards, which are like high powered wake boards where, you, you know, with a motor. And we, I mean, we did everything and I grew up on the water in Florida. And so for me, it was like, it felt like being home and I could, you know, he kept laughing. He felt like he had his own personal tour guide. Cause I was like, that's an amberjack <laughs> and that's a parrotfish. And this one right here is an eel. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Skills of a misspent youth, memorizing all the fish. Yes. Finally, my, my knowledge, my useless knowledge of fish has been <laughs> finally, finally useful. Um, has he become a Days fan? He started recording it, yes. Yeah, so he can watch. He's watched um, the first couple episodes. I, I think he's probably watched more episodes than I have, which I think is really funny. <laughs> um, well, what can you tease that we can expect from Sarah coming up? Oh, man. I don't know what I'm allowed to tease storyline-wise just because I can't remember back that far. I can't remember <laughs> what I did yesterday. Well, tell us. Um, your mind is us. too crowded with fish names. <laughs> fish, yeah. My, the fish have just taken over so much of my memory. Uh, there's a very small part for lines and remembering to pick my child up from school. And then that is it. <laughs> well, tell us what it's like to play her and what you like about her. Um, well, I love Sarah. I think she's so much fun. She's kind of like this spitfire. She's really spunky. She doesn't have a filter. She's a mess. She's a real messy person, but she's totally okay with it. 
you know, like she's one of those people that like, I had a bad day. I'm going to get drunk. And like, and she's like, but I don't feel, she doesn't have a drinking problem. That's just how I feel. And that's how I'm feeling. <laughs> and I find that really endearing about her, you know, and she's kind of like one of those people who like, you know, she defends the people that she loves very fiercely and she'll kind of go on the attack for them and they have to kind of tell her to back off. And she's like, okay, sorry. I was just trying to help, <laughs> you know, and she doesn't have a filter, which I, I love. I, I think it's unique and, um, I don't know what it says about me that I only book roles in daytime that uh, characters don't, uh, that have no filter. I think that's really funny because it's not a usual. That's not a usual daytime quality. <laughs> no, they must see something in you, <laughs> right? It must be. <laughs> like I think people just changed it for me because I don't have a filter. <laughs> now, uh, Sarah is a doctor, which is I assume something you have not played before, at least you know no, this regularly. I've never played a doctor. I was really excited to play one. Um, well, you clearly, as we've discussed, have had your fair share of real life experience being around them. But what has it been yes. like to try to, you know, wrap your mind and tongue around Dr. Jargon? Um, well, actually, I'm OK with Dr. Jargon um, because I've had to say so many things like that. You know, when you, especially with chemo and uh, things like that, you have to relay messages all the time to people like if they go for a checkup and they want to know what chemo drugs I was on I was like mm-hmm. oh adriamycin bleomycin bicarb you know bicarbazine all these big words and so I'm used to them and a lot of words I've heard before and I've had to say before so I'm actually okay with a lot of the doctor jargon and I know what a lot of the doctor jargon means we also always have a you know uh a medical consult on here on set at all times. So it's not too, too bad. I don't get too, too overwhelmed with it. I think sometimes I get a little overwhelmed with invading other actors personal space as far as like medical, like medically speaking. (laughs) I always like give them a fair warning. Like, Hey, I'm going to touch your neck and I'm going to open your eyelids. Are you safe with that? (laughs) Does that make you feel safe and comfortable? I just want to make sure. (laughs) Uh, and I, I hopefully the answer is yes because you got to do it regardless. Hopefully the answer is yes. <laughs> and then I think at least once a day I choke myself between my stethoscope and my uh, <laughs> hospital badge as I'm trying to take it off. <laughs> um, now, Mar and I were talking before we got on the phone with you about how Sarah is actually unique in that she has been aged down. Whereas most yeah. characters are rapidly <laughs> aged, Sarah has gone in the other direction. Yeah, what's Sarah her secret? Has the, Sarah has been doing some microneedling. And, um, <laughs> she has a really great moisturizer. She uses all the Retin-A. Um, and she has just, <laughs> yeah, it was so funny when I did the math. I was like, that can't be right. Yeah, no, we were realizing she, was, she was, was an like, adult in 1991. So Yeah, hmm. she'd be like in her 50s right now. <laughs> right. Oh, well, details, details. It works the other way. Yeah. Um, Adrian France told me one time when I started on B&B, I said, "Uh, how old are you? And she goes, I don't know. (laughs) And I was like, what do you mean? She goes, I have no idea. She goes, they aged me up so that I could play love interest with somebody. And then they aged me down. So it wasn't so creepy for me to play love interest (laughs) with someone else. And she's like, so I feel like I'm somewhere in my 20s, maybe in the mid-ish to late-ish. And she's like, but I could also maybe be in my 30s or maybe I'm 21. She's like, I have no clue. World's her oyster. 
Yeah, she goes, all I know, here's all you need to know in soaps. You're old enough to drink or you're not. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very good rule of thumb. I would be interested in knowing her other uh, soap advice because so far she's nailing it. <laughs> yeah, she did. It killed me. I was dying laughing. And that's what I told somebody. Somebody else was like, now people ask me that. And I go, I just know I'm old enough to drink. Right. <laughs> old enough to drink and be a doctor. I was about to say, and, and, and graduate doctor. from medical school. Yeah. And yeah. have some experience in the field because yeah. <laughs> we've established that as well so far. Yeah. So I figure Sarah's probably close to my age. That's mm-hmm. what I, I, I'm assuming. Right. Well, that that's like a, a new claim to fame of, oh, they yeah. rapidly aged your character. Well, they rapidly made me younger. <laughs> they rapidly... <laughs> they Benjamin buttoned my character. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Um, well, we look forward to seeing more of you on air. And thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, it was oh, so fun to talk my to you. Pleasure. Anytime. I had such a good time talking to you guys, too. I hope you have a wonderful day. You thank too. You too. Thank you for joining us. Thank you to Lindsay Godfrey for being our guest. Be sure to pick up a new issue on sale now and come back next week for another podcast. Find your perfect fall suit with Indochino. Customize every detail of their seasonal designs for a -a one-of-a-kind look at a great price. And get $50 off purchases of $399 or more at Indochino.com, promo code FALLUPDATE. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader, like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on AutoTrader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.